0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Built by Bama online podcast presents Daybreak for Friday, a TGIF edition of Daybreak on this Friday, May the 15th, 2020. Travis Ryers, senior analyst for BOL with you three times per week here On daybreak, getting you ready for another weekend and weather-wise in the state of Alabama. Shaping up to be a great weekend to be outside. Maybe you're down in the Gulf of Mexico area. Perhaps you're going to do a little fishing. Maybe get out on the beach while practicing those social distancing principles. Need to go ahead and throw that in there, right? Maybe you're going to be up in the Tuscaloosa area. Maybe you're going to be on one of our outstanding lakes in the state of Alabama, or maybe it's going to be as simple as a pool weekend for you. Maybe jump in, catch a quick dip, hang out on the pool deck there. Regardless, we hope you have a great weekend. We're going to send you into the weekend with some items of interest, starting with the very real potential for the Alabama football Crimson Tide to pick up its second commitment in as many Fridays as Kane Williams, a 6'2", 205-pound defensive back, from the New Orleans, Louisiana area, expected to make his intentions known later this evening. Friday evening, according to Hank South, does an outstanding job for us there at BOL, covering recruiting along with site publisher Tim Watts. Hank South with a note on Thursday indicating that Kane Williams would make his announcement on Friday evening between 5.45 and 6 p.m. Central. I believe that's going to be part of a local newscast there in the New Orleans area. So you'll want to stay tuned later this evening, certainly to the website, Hank, Tim, rest of our staff going to have you covered from the Kane Williams announcement perspective. Also, you know, you've got some things coming up in terms of NCAA legislature, potential for that, not so much impacting Alabama specifically with the possibility next Wednesday of the NCAA Division I Council voting on that one-time transfer waiver could go into effect uh, quickly depending on the events of next Wednesday. You do have a recruiting dead period that has now been extended through June the 30th, so no visits for the time being around college athletics. That impacts basketball, football, really you name it at this point. So, Those are some particular items of interest. You are going to have some sports around the United States, and I don't know if you saw this on Thursday, but NASCAR, which is cranking back up here in the next few days, in Darlington, South Carolina, has announced an extended schedule that will include Talladega. Dega is going to jump back into the mix. Coming up, I believe it's a month from next weekend, the boys are going to fire it up at Talladega. So, Seeing more and more sporting events take place, you're going to have some charity golf coming up on Sunday of this weekend with Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson taking on Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf down there at Seminole Golf Club in South Florida, proceeds going to COVID relief and charities related to the pandemic. So more and more things starting to open back up, what we're going to do with you today coming up next here on the podcast we're gonna make the case for Alabama's 2020 home schedule ranking among the very best in the Nick Saban era at Alabama we'll go through it with you we'll go back in the time machine a little bit to kind of stack up this 2020 schedule with the likes of 2007 Saban's first year looking back had some memorable games in that first year didn't you 2010, not so memorable in terms of the results of that season, a three-loss Alabama team. But from a home schedule perspective, uh, you had some quality there. And even 2014, we'll get into a little bit as well. Seems timely enough, right? Because for some of you folks, you're going to have that extended Tide Pride deadline coming up next week. Source subject, I know, with some Tide Pride members, because of the enhancement, well, expanding the uh, the premium amenities for sure, club seating and those things has displaced some folks. And I know there are a lot of folks not happy about that, and I totally get it because if you've been a season ticket holder at a place like Alabama, you understand it's not just about sight lines and concession stand access and those type of things, although they're very important. It becomes sort of a sense of community, you know, almost like a place where you live year in and year out. You develop relationships with folks that sit in your section, sit in your area. So it goes beyond just again uh, vantage point and those type of things and access. So we'll get into the 2020 home schedule, give you kind of our thoughts on that, a little bit of a rundown, and again make some comparison. To some previous years in the Nick Saban era. That's coming up next on a Friday edition of Daybreak on the Built by Bama online podcast right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. All right, so let's make the case for Alabama's 2020 home football schedule ranking as its best since the 2010 campaign. And you do that largely based off of so many of these way-too-early top 25s that we see seemingly in moments following the college football playoff national championship games. Those way-too-early top 25s hit your your social media timelines, and when you look at those for the upcoming season, you see Georgia as a top-five team. The Dogs, of course, visit Tuscaloosa, scheduled to visit Tuscaloosa on September the 19th. You've got Texas A&M showing up in some top tens in these way-too-early top 25s. The Aggies welcoming back roughly 20 starters from a year ago, so high expectations to go along with that hefty price tag for head coach Jimbo Fisher and also Mike Elko on the defensive side of the ball. When you talk about coordinators in college football right now, Mike Elko, a top three to five guy in terms of salary at $2.1 million per. And you've got the Auburn Tigers coming to Tuscaloosa for this year's Iron Bowl. there on November the 28th. The Tigers showing up in some top 15s that you're seeing in these way too early top 25s. And then you got sort of a wild card when you look at Alabama's home schedule. Mississippi State in year one under Mike Leach. now You kind of expect, as you always do with Mike Leach, for the offensive side of the ball to be in really good shape, especially when you consider that the Bulldogs are bringing in a graduate transfer behind center And K.J. Costello, really talented quarterback, sort of that prototype passer uh, previously of Stanford. So he's expected to be pulling the trigger for the Bulldogs here in Tuscaloosa when uh, MSU visits in October. Kylan Hill back at the running back position for Mississippi State. So some weapons. Need some more when you look at Mississippi State. As great as Mike Leach is in terms of scheming and developing quarterbacks and maximizing production out of guys like Gardner Minshew a couple years ago up there at Washington State. Going to be really fascinating to see what Mike Leach can do on a week-to-week basis with that offense against defenses, especially in the Western Division like LSU, like Texas A&M, like Alabama like the Auburn Tigers. You know, when you look at the SEC West in general, you've got the top two highest paid defensive coordinators in all of college football in the SEC West. And neither of those guys are the coordinator at Alabama. Kevin Steele at Auburn at $2.5 million per year. And then, of course, the previously mentioned Elko there at Texas A&M. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And that'll be a game that'll be attractive regardless of – Mississippi State's record or ranking at the time uh, come mid-October. A lot of folks are going to have their eyes on that game here in Tuscaloosa. So those are the four premium type games. So when you go to write that check, if you haven't already, because Tide Pride extended the season ticket deadline from May the 6th to May the 20th, you can feel a lot better about stroking that check this time around compared to a year ago, right? A year ago, it was tough writing that check and pretty much looking at Tennessee and LSU uh, as the the, the really only attractive home games from a year ago. New Mexico State, nah, you weren't too fired up about that. Um, You know, Ole Miss coming to town, eh, not so much. Uh, Western Carolina, nah. Not so much, but again, you've got these sort of premium games sprinkled throughout the season this time around. Georgia in September, Mississippi State uh, in October, and then to finish the regular season like you do this time around, instead of having that Southern Conference Saturday, the weekend before the Iron Bowl, you're going to go Texas A&M and Auburn in back-to-back Saturdays at Bryant-Denny Stadium. So a lot more allure Uh, to eyes, ears, and consumers of college football when you talk about a regular season finish like that one. Now, how does this sort of stack up this season in comparison to some previous years? Uh, I mentioned 2010 earlier on. Uh, That was a solid year because that season you had number 18 Penn State here in Tuscaloosa with legendary coach Joe Paterno one year before his ultimate debut demise there in Happy Valley. You had Urban Meyer in his swan song season with the Florida Gators coming to Tuscaloosa. That season, Dan Mullen had the Mississippi State Bulldogs on the rise in his second year. Mississippi State came in here as the 17th ranked team in the country. And then, of course, Cam Newton and the Auburn Tigers, second ranked Auburn Tigers at the time. Cap that regular season with a visit for the Iron Bowl. You didn't have a neutral site game in 2010 like you're going to have this year or you expect to have anyway this year with the scheduled game with Southern California there in Arlington, Texas to kick off this season. Uh, But you did have a true road game, sort of an oddity, a carryover from the Mike Shula era. Duke had come to Tuscaloosa three or four years earlier. And paid a visit. And in that return game, the 2010 Alabama team actually traveled to Durham for a true road contest against the Blue Devils. Yeah, you don't see that much anymore, do you? Although, you look at some future schedules coming down the pike now, you're going to have Alabama going to South Florida. So, uh, there is some of that, I guess, uh, when you look ahead to the future. I'll tell you another schedule. Maybe the very best home schedule that we've seen in the Nick Saban era was actually in his first season on the job. In 2007, some pretty unforgettable games, classics. Uh, Alabama didn't necessarily come out on the winning side of some of those, but you know that that game against Arkansas here in 2007, when you had Felix Jones and Darren McFadden in that Arkansas backfield, and you had the game-winning touchdown pass from John Parker Wilson to Matt Cadell there, uh, in the northwest corner of the end zone there at Bryant-Denny Stadium, you followed that up with an overtime game against the Georgia Bulldogs the last time Georgia visited Tuscaloosa 13 years ago, 2007. Matthew Stafford broke a few crimson hearts that night, didn't he? With that, uh, with that teardrop there into the southeast corner of Bryant-Denny Stadium, most vividly recall from that game, the shower of ice cups that came raining down on the Georgia Bulldogs as they celebrated there in the corner of the end zone (laughs) at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Another sneaky game from that 2007 season was Houston. Houston came in here with Art Bryles as the head coach at the time. Art ascending in the business, at least at that point in his career, before going on to... Baylor and encountering uh, difficulties, as we all know there, ultimately in Waco. You also had 20th-ranked Tennessee come into Tuscaloosa. What a crazy game that was. Right before the game, you have the textbook suspensions that come down, Antoine Caldwell, Glenn Coffey, uh, a handful of guys involved in that. And you're thinking, wow, Tennessee's just going to continue this lengthy winning streak that the Vols had had in the series at that time, but Alabama goes out there with John Parker Wilson and DJ Hall and just lights up the balls in a very early kickoff. That was one of those 11 a.m., 11.30-type kickoffs here in Tuscaloosa. That really changed the narrative of that series, didn't it? And then you also had third-ranked LSU in here, another classic football game, and a game when you looked at the two teams on the field, it was similar in that game. I watched that game from field level, 2007 LSU and Alabama. And that game, when you looked at the players on the field, it was similar to looking at Alabama's players in comparison to, say, Notre Dame's in the 2013 BCS National Championship game. You looked at these these two teams and you thought, there's no way Alabama stays close. LSU was uh, so imposing talent-wise and physically, but to Alabama's credit, it was right there for the entire four qu- four quarters of that one. Javier Arenas with the punt return for a touchdown in that 2007 LSU game, still one of the very loudest moments I've ever experienced inside Bryant-Denny Stadium. And then, unfortunately for Alabama, that sort of triggered an 0 for November in Nick Saban's first season on the job, which was low-lighted by the home loss to ULM. So 2007, in retrospect, it's a hell of a schedule, especially when you consider, well, Nick Saban's very first game as Alabama head coach was that season at home against Western Carolina. You know, 2020, when you really look at this home schedule, might be more similar to 2014 than either 2007 or 2010. Because in 2014, you had Florida that came in here with Will Muschamp, wasn't ranked at the time. You had 21st-ranked Texas A&M that came to Tuscaloosa that season, and Alabama absolutely wiped out the Aggies in a 59 to nothing win. And you talk about sort of an ominous sign for the Kevin Sumlin era there uh, in College Station. Uh, that that was a that was a trigger for a lot of what followed, unfortunately, for him down there uh, in Aggieland. You also had a Mississippi State team in 2014 that came to Tuscaloosa as the nation's top-ranked team with Dak Prescott. And then a wild, absolutely wild Iron Bowl to cap that home schedule with the Auburn Tigers' Nick Marshall, man, threw for 450-plus. Thankfully for Alabama – Amari Cooper was more than up to the task as well. And the Crimson Tide really needed all of those 55 points in that game to beat the Auburn Tigers in 2014. I'll say this about 2014. That was probably the most fun home schedule that I can recall for Alabama. Every game seemed like a party. I don't know if it was the in-stadium experience was better. Remember, you had C-Murder. Uh, you had no flex zone, the soundtrack in Bryant Denny stadium in 2014 kind of had the place hopping to go along with an offense under Lane Kiffin and the unexpected heroics of Blake Sims and Amari Cooper's huge season, Landon Collins on the defensive side of the ball, Reggie Raglan emerging at the linebacker position. That was just a fun, fun season. So there you go. We're going to make the case for you right there for the 2020 Alabama home schedule ranking among the very best of the Nick Saban era up there with 2010 and 2007. Thank you once again for listening to the Built by Bama online podcast. If you haven't already, please give us a subscription to the podcast. Leave us a rating and a review while you're there. Otherwise, have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll catch up with you Monday when Daybreak on the Built by Bama Online podcast returns. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.